This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. Some things you just can't explain. You just can't explain it. This, of course, was a little bit of a strange week. Saw a lot of stuff coming. But I'll tell you what I didn't see coming. It was that game last night. What in the hell? I mean, the Wildcat formation? It dominated, did great, but who saw that coming? It was extremely, extremely interesting game. I ended up watching the game last night. I didn't really understand how much they used Jalen Samuels up until I rewatched it again this morning. And let me tell you, I really love it. I love Jalen Samuels. I think he needs to be in that Pittsburgh offense. But I was shocked that that's how they used him last night. If you guys listen to my podcast that I talked about yesterday, I talked about how I thought Jalen Samuels needed to get more work and that I wanted to see him get more work. I just didn't see him getting work as the Wildcat formation. And they ran that over and over again. I think they probably ran every single variation play that they had in their playbook of the Wildcat formation. It was definitely a tough pill for me to swallow. But the thing that upset me more about last night's game was the fact that I ended up picking Tyler Boyd and John Ross to both or either one go off. And neither one did jack shit. Jack shit. Andy Dalton looked like he was in La La Land. What are you doing? Your offensive line sucks. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out back here dancing around for a little bit. What are you doing? Throw the ball. He had open players on multiple different plays where he took sacks. He was under throwing the ball time and time again. Tyler Boyd and John Ross should have gone off like I predicted. They should have gone off. But Andy Dalton was making wrong reads looking at the wrong players, and his timing was just not there. I wouldn't be surprised if Chance started coming in to bench Andy Dalton, especially after the way that Ryan Finley played in the preseason. The funniest part about this is the fact that I went to go do my research this morning, and I'm just looking up Andy Dalton. And now you type in the Google bar, and a recommended search comes up because what people are looking at currently, typically when you type in a quarterback's name, it says stats or recent games. Well, Well, for Andy Dalton, it says contract situation. (laughs) People are looking up when the Bengals can cut Andy Dalton because he's that bad. Now, I know, I know. The offensive line is Swiss cheese. They are leaving holes everywhere. And they were putting pressure on Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton was completely oblivious and did not shift the pocket or step up into the pocket or scramble out to the right. He just took hit after hit after hit. It was embarrassing to watch if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a Redskins fan. I'm embarrassed every single time that my team steps on the field. But that offensive line, I talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it in preseason. I've talked about it every single week almost about how porous that offensive line is. Very similar to Atlanta Falcons. And offensive lines that are that porous can't win games. And you're going to get your quarterback killed. 
Another one of those is Deshaun Watson. And I don't think Larry Tunzel's been the player that they thought they were going to get in that trade. But he is having to make up four other players around him. Deshaun Watson is on pace for 72 sacks this year. 72. I believe that's his second most of all time. That's insane. How do you expect Deshaun Watson to do anything when he's getting hit that many times? He's on pace for 72 sacks. You got to feel bad for that guy. But you know who doesn't feel bad for Deshaun Watson? Deshaun Watson. He sat there at the NRG Stadium after the game for four hours, reviewing the game, reviewing his plays, trying to get his throws down right. He knew that he missed open targets. He was there for four hours. You know who also did that whenever they had a loss or a bad game? Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan would come back the next game and crush it. You have to play Deshaun Watson. He is a superstar. Hopefully they get that offensive line figured out. But you have to play Deshaun Watson. Speaking of that game, I know we're all hoping a lot out of Kyle Allen. But don't forget who Kyle Allen is. I like the kid. I think he's a good, solid player. We made a bunch of jokes about how he's the, he's the play 60 kid from the commercial with Cam Newton. But don't forget who Kyle Allen is. He is a placeholder for Will Greer in between the days of Cam Newton and Will Greer's final development to become a starting quarterback. That's all Kyle Allen is. You saw it this past week, and it was brutal. It was up against a Houston defense that's allowing passing yards to every team they've played so far. So keep that in mind when it comes to playing Kyle Allen because I fell for the trap in one of my leagues, and it was not good. It was not pretty. But you know who did come out and ball out? The Tampa Bay fucking Buccaneers, baby. Jameis Winston, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. And don't forget about their defense. What's up, guys? What's up? That's what I'm talking about. If you guys listened to my Saturday podcast about DFS, I talked about how Tampa Bay was going to be stepping it up huge, and they did, getting the fifth most points for defense and also being one of the cheapest. Talk about a bargain buy. It was Tampa Bay. Told you guys. Told you. Shouldn't doubt it. But in the preseason, I picked Jameis Winston, along with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, to all be way higher up than what they were being drafted as. And it's coming to fruition. I thought Mike Evans should have been no later than mid-second round, and he was going in third in a lot of drafts. I picked Jameis Winston to be the most undervalued player in the NFL this year because he was going undrafted in most leagues. And guess what? He's balling out. He's number 11 ranked right now, but over the past two weeks, he's thrown for 765 yards in two weeks. He's had seven touchdowns and only two interceptions. The quarterback whispers here. The quarterback whisperer, Bruce Arians, the man, the quarterback whisperer. I told you guys that they could end up putting up two wide receivers worth starting. Two top 24 wide receivers, and I even pushed it to say they could both be two top 16 wide receivers. And guess what Bruce Arians is doing? He's making that come to fruition. OJ Howard still has not found his groove. He had a good game last week. This past week was nothing to call home about, so I'm still a little bit loose on that one. But I told you guys. Guess who Jameis Winston has up next week? Oh, it's so sweet. So sweet. New Orleans Saints, who's ranked number 31 against the quarterback so far this year. Yeah, they did a good game against Dak Prescott. (laughs) 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to tear that ass up. Yeah, baby. They're going to tear that ass up because they still have one of the top-ranked run defenses. What are the Saints going to do? Nothing. My biggest fear about this week is if Tampa Bay goes up and the Saints can't move the ball. My biggest fear is that Tampa Bay is going to be spanking that ass so hard that they do not reach Jameis Winston's full cheat code potential this weekend along with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans because they're beating that ass so bad. Let's see what you got, Jameis. Let's see if you can prove me right again this week. I'm so stoked about this. Hell yeah. So guys, with that being said, we do have a few different subjects I want to talk about today. We're going to go over some news and notes real quick, and then we're going to cover That's Erroneous and Flawless Victory, where we talk about what I got wrong, what I got right, and I definitely have some deeper stuff I want to dive into in that segment this week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Then we have waiver wire pickups, and keep your eye on the buy. So let's go ahead and get started with some news and notes for stuff that you need to know. And we're going to start out with the fact that Sam Darnold is now cleared for non-contract drills, and that's why I said last week, last week when you wanted to pick him up before he ended up hitting the waiver wires, this week he has some tremendous matchups. But he's back for mono. And guess who he has back? Yes, that's right. He has Hernan back, baby, which I also told you to pick up on our Poppin' Tags episode. This upcoming week, they got Philly, baby. They got Philly, who is 28th ranked up against quarterbacks. Sam Darnold, like I said, is going to tear that ass up this week. He's going to put up some significant points. Make sure you guys pick up Sam Darnold. We'll talk about it a little bit more this week, but I just want to give you a heads up that Sam Darnold's cleared. And he's got his tight end back. Melvin Gordon is ramping up for returns. Obviously, he was eligible to play this past week, but they didn't want to use him. They still want to give Austin Eckler the ball. Melvin Gordon is coming back, but is he in football shape? And is he on the same page with his players? That's something that remains to be seen. I think this week, Austin Eckler still comes in as this starting running back. But I think that Melvin Gordon definitely gets a few touches this game. Don't get me wrong. They need to get him back in the fold. He is the superior running back. This week, it's still going to be the Austin Eckler show for the most part. And the week after that, we have to see how it goes. Now, Melvin Gordon will never get back his full workload. Never. It's not going to happen. Austin Eckler proved that he is too valuable of an option to let go. But I think this is good for Austin Eckler. I think it's very good because it's going to help keep him fresh. He is a smaller guy. He's not a workhorse back typically. Like He doesn't have the build for it. But Melvin Gordon being there is going to help him maintain his health and hopefully get a bigger contract in the future from a bigger team. Vontez Perfect, if you guys have not heard, is suspended for the rest of the season for his hits. The guy's an idiot, man. He's a dangerous, dangerous player. He messed up Antonio Brown's career, in my opinion. It's just not a good situation here. I want him off the field. I don't want him hurting any more players. He's going to appeal it. If he gets a reduced ban, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be disappointed, but I would not be shocked. I could see it going down to an eight-game ban. I'm just hoping that it doesn't. I hope this asshole gets banned for the rest of the season. I would be okay with him being out of the league forever. He knows that he had to fix it. He's had multiple, multiple issues with this. This is not the first time it's happened. That's why he's getting suspended for the entire season. Because he's been hurting people's careers and their livelihood. Because he's not following the rules. He is putting people's lives in jeopardy. People's health in jeopardy. Because he doesn't want to follow the freaking rules. What a fucking asshole. What a fucking loser. You're going to ruin somebody's life because you don't want to follow the rules. This is not the 1990s anymore. This is not the 1980s. We've seen what happens to players like Junior Seau and countless others. This is not that time period. This is not, I repeat, this is not how the NFL wants to be remembered by ending people's lives. Grow the fuck up, Vontez. Other news was with Jalen Ramsey, of course. Jalen Ramsey was not there this past week, I believe. He ended up having the birth of a second child, had flu-like symptoms. 
you know, wasn't feeling right, whatever the case is. I don't know what's going on. But the weird thing was, was the Jaguars turned down two first-round draft picks. I don't know which team it was from, but that's kind of strange to me. Obviously, Jacksonville feels like they're competitive, especially with Garner Minshew. They want Jalen Ramsey to come back, but he's just a diva. I mean, he's doing it the same exact way that Antonio Brown forces way out of Pittsburgh and Oakland, and that worked. So that's what Jalen Ramsey's doing in Jacksonville. I think the biggest impact, though, when it comes to fantasy football is actually on the defensive side. Because Bradley Chubb is now out for the season. Yeah, that sucks for the Broncos. They are winless, so you know, not that big of a deal when it comes to impact on their team. But when it comes to teams that play up against them, they now don't have to worry about scheming against Bradley Chubb. This could open up tremendous run lanes. And we've already seen the Broncos defense as a whole not be very good. Hey, Bradley Chubb, hope you get better, man. Sorry for all those Broncos fans out there. But I think that's probably the biggest impact of the news this week so far. Just some other quick news. Kawan Short is out for the season. He's a defensive lineman for the Panthers. You have James Conner, who's still being evaluated with his ankle. Michael Gallup has not been ruled out this week for return, so he could end up playing. And for the Cowboys, Tyron Smith is unlikely to play on Sunday. I'm really interested to see what happens with Josh Allen. He is still in concussion protocol. They have a week six bye. So they might end up letting Matt Barkley come in and take week five for Josh Allen. So he has a full two weeks to recover from this concussion. I wouldn't be surprised if they just held him out just for his own benefit. Mitchell Trubisky is out with a shoulder tear. And that's a little bit unfortunate because it happened to his non-throwing arm. I was hoping that if it happened to his throwing arm, then he might still be able to play, but he'd have to play left-handed. And that might actually benefit Mitchell Trubisky this week. Chase Daniel does have an easy matchup. He is going against the Raiders. So Chase Daniels might be a flyer option for any of you streamers when it comes to the quarterback position. But monitor that situation very closely. They are playing in London. It could be an interesting game and its place for Chase Daniels. We have TJ Hawkinson, who had a shoulder injury. And a concussion, he avoids the IR, but there's no timetable for his return. And last but not least, we have four players returning from the suspension list. We have Taylor Lewin, which could be a huge upgrade for Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry. Their offensive line has already proven to be pretty solid overall, but Taylor Lewin is a huge, huge upgrade. Antonio Callaway, Golden Tate, and Chris Herndon. It's going to be extremely interesting to see what Golden Tate adds to that Giants offense with Daniel Jones behind center. But that's going to wrap up our Need to Know segment, guys. I'm going to bounce on over to the segment I know you guys cannot wait for, which is That's Erroneous and Flawless Victory. So with this segment, guys, we're going to break down what I got wrong and what I got right. And this is definitely going to be a little bit interesting because I was kind of all over the place my predictions this past week. I was extremely right on a few things, and I was extremely wrong on a few things. We're going to start out with the thing I got wrong. And at the beginning of the season with Leonard Fournette, I was a believer. I thought that he was being drafted a little bit too low. But Leonard Fournette always scares me, so I still stayed away from him. But as the season progressed and the first two games hit, I thought Leonard Fournette was definitely a bust at this point. So I kind of wavered to the other side. And then he goes off, and he goes off and has a huge, huge, huge game this past week following a really shitty game overall the week before that. The only reason why he ended up crewing fantasy points the week before that was because of one big run. 
Well, this past week he proved me wrong, like I said. Erroneous! Erroneous! Erroneous on both counts! Oh, Lord. He went off. God, let me tell you. He ended up having 29 carries for 225 yards. That's a 7.8 average, along with an 80-yard run. He also ended up having two receptions on three targets for 20 yards. You got me, man. You got me. Leonard Fournette, he were my first. That's erroneous call. When it comes to the first call that I got right, I'm going to go with Rodgers and Adams. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams went off this past week. I've shit on them in multiple different previous weeks. I think they're all match-dependent when it comes to the Rodgers and Adams combination. Adams has a tough schedule this year. He has a very tough schedule. But when he's playing an easy matchup, you better believe they're going to load him up with targets. Flawless victory. Aaron Rodgers looked mighty pretty there too, let me tell you. Aaron Rodgers was 34 for 53 for 422 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He also had five carries for 46 yards. He did everything that he possibly could to win this game. It just wasn't in the cards. Meanwhile, the squeaky wheel of Devontae Adams ended up with 10 receptions for 180 yards. Both these guys ended up producing this week. Hey, that was my biggest stack. I love it. I love it. On to my next That's Erroneous call. I'm going to go with the Tyler Boyd and John Ross prediction that I made yesterday on my Daily Fantasy podcast. Erroneous! Erroneous! Erroneous on both counts. Oh, Lord. I talked about it a little bit at the start of the show, but Tyler Boyd and Jonathan Ross were just not on the same page as Andy Dalton. I don't know what Andy Dalton's doing back there, but I'm hoping that Ron Finley gets in the game sooner rather than later. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to wait until A.J. Green comes back to give Andy Dalton a chance to redeem himself. But that offensive line is brutal. They need to do something, and Andy Dalton holding on to the ball for five seconds is not the answer. However, however... Look for them to have a strong, strong rebound week back up against a very, very dicey Arizona Cardinals defense, who is still without their top two guys, along with cutting DJ Swearinger, their starting safety. Yeah, they cut Swearinger. He'll rebound somewhere. But yeah, look for Tyler Boyd and John Ross to rebound this week. On to the next thing I got right, and that's going to be Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson actually had a great, great afternoon. I told you guys not to be afraid to play him. I was a little bit nervous for Ty Johnson, J.D. McKissick, but they only took away seven total carries. Ever since they got rid of C.J. Anderson, Carrion Johnson is averaging 25 carries a game. Flawless victory. And he's getting the targets. The next three out of four matchups, Carrion Johnson is a must-must start. Carryon Johnson up against the Chiefs ended up having 26 carries for 125 yards. He also ended up with two receptions on three targets for 32 yards. If it wasn't for that one play where he tried to outstretch the ball across the goal line, add another touchdown on that total, you're talking about a top 10 guy this week. Unfortunately, that did not happen, but Carryon Johnson, like I said, is a must start for the next three out of four weeks. The Lions don't have anybody else, and they want to run the ball. He's going to keep you on getting 25 carries. On to my last one for That's Erroneous. In our FMK segment, I killed Stefan Diggs. And guess what? Erroneous! Erroneous! Erroneous on both counts. Oh, Lord. I was wrong. I had Mike Williams as my Mary, Dee Westbrook was my F, and Stefan Diggs was my kill. Mike Williams was out hurt, so unfortunately, he didn't get to play. That's a bummer. Stefan Diggs in full point PPR ended up putting up 15.8 points 
Wow, D.D. Westbrook only put up 11.8. Yeah, just a little bit of a bummer there. You beat me out. So, that was my last. That's erroneous. I'm moving on to my last flawless victory. And that is going to be Todd Gurley putting up 26 points this past week. I told you guys he was going to get involved. He's a squeaky wheel. They're going to give him passing down work, and he got it. The game script is perfect for him. Flawless victory. He ended up finishing up the week with 26 points off of two touchdowns. He got the work that he was looking for. Look for this to continue up against the Seattle Seahawks this upcoming week for Todd Gurley. With that being said, that's going to wrap it up for us. We're going to go into Love Me, Love Me, Love Me, where we're going to talk about some of the waiver wire pickups that I love this week and some I hate. I'm just going to go through a list of them. decision people are going to have to make this week is if they want to pick up a Titans wide receiver. Obviously Corey Davis did extremely well and A.J. Brown remains unrostered in a lot of leagues. I personally love the way that A.J. Brown played and I think he's less affected by Marcus Mariota. However, A.J. Brown is still playing less than 50% of snaps and that's what scares me. If Corey Davis is on the waiver wires, I'm going to leave him there personally. Although Taylor Lewin is coming back, I still don't have enough confidence in Marcus Mariota's arm. Corey Davis, although great talent, just doesn't make the play after the catch like A.J. Brown does. So if A.J. Brown is on the waiver wire, I would contemplate picking him up depending on the rest of your wide receivers that are sitting on your roster wire. Look at the buys. Make sure you don't have multiple receivers on one buy because that could end up screwing you one week and A.J. Brown could be the answer. He is not the answer this week, however. He does have Buffalo coming up this week, so I'm definitely not playing him against Buffalo. However, he has Denver the Chargers, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Kansas City. Then it's a bye week and then Jacksonville, unfortunately. But obviously Chris Harris is going to be matched up against Corey Davis. So it's going to be feeding all day long to A.J. Brown with Denver. And then we know how porous the Chargers defense can be, obviously letting up a ton of points to Devontae Parker this past week with Tampa Bay and their porous defense as well. They're not going to be able to run the ball. Derrick Henry is going to get shut down in Tampa Bay. They're going to be passing to keep up with the Tampa Bay offense. A.J. Brown will be a play that week. Then you look him up against Carolina. Potential play there. Kansas City. That's definitely a play for, for A.J. Brown. Pick up A.J. Brown if you need wide receivers at any point this week. I think he's a definite, definite buy. Deontay Johnson is up next. Deontay Johnson I really like. I think he has shown... I think he has shown that he has great chemistry with Mason Rudolph. I think he can definitely be that option. If you can't get A.J. Brown, Deontay Johnson is definitely a great secondary option. Devontae Parker obviously is, is with Josh Rosen and Preston Williams there, and they just can't move the ball. So Devontae Parker is interesting just because of the schedule. I mean, you have Washington after the bye week this week, which you can definitely play him there, coming off of a bye, obviously. And then in week eight, they have Pittsburgh. Week nine, the New York Jets. Week 10, the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, Devontae Parker is playable in a lot of these matchups, especially if you have a bunch of players on bye. So once again, keep an eye on that when it comes to the bye weeks. You might be able to wait till next week to pick him up. However, if you need wide receiver in week six, pick him up this week. Geronimo Allison is up next, and this guy, this guy could end up being a week winner for the next two weeks. 
from the reports so far, Devontae Adams is downplaying the injury for the turf toe. But if he's out this week, then you can pair up Geronimo Allison with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Both these guys are potential top-end producers. So he could be a pick-up-and-play person if you have somebody that's on bye this week. But I would wait for him to hit the free agents, not pick him up through the waiver wire. Is it time to pick up Ronald Jones? Hmm. That's a good question, guys. I mean, Ronald Jones is a potential pickup this week for me. I've never been a fan of him, but he has produced in three games now. And he actually found the end zone this past week. You could at least get him to be a backup role or somebody to solidify your running back position just in case somebody gets hurt. But he's shown potential flashes. I would actually seriously look into getting Ronald Jones, especially if you went zero RB, or if you have a couple guys that tend to get injured in your running back positions. So Ronald Jones is a potential pickup this week. I don't know if I would use a waiver wire claim on him. I might wait. But if you need to solidify that running back position, Ronald Jones could be the guy to go to. Are we going to see this wildcat more from the Steelers? I believe so. I think that this was not just a flash in the pan or a game script option. I think that this is how the Steelers want to operate. They want to keep Mason Rudolph in positions that are easy for this young quarterback to understand. So this Wildcat, which was extremely, extremely effective during the game with the Cincinnati Bengals, could end up replicating again in future weeks. Jalen Samuels is a pickup, but I would not play him until we see that they use him again this upcoming week. After that, hey, if they use him that much, it's all go. Wheels up. Let's take off. All right, I'm going to bring up two quarterbacks now. We're going to talk about Jacoby Brissett and Jameis Winston. Two players that had a ton of doubt surrounding them when the season started, obviously with Andrew Luck going out and them not really having time to find somebody legitimate. Well, they had somebody the entire time. His name was Jacoby Brissett. And he scored multiple touchdowns in every single game so far this season. Hey, T.Y. Hilton was out. He doesn't give a shit. He still found the end zone three separate times. Jacoby Brissett is a definite pickup. I don't even know why he's on your waiver wire right now. Because he's the ninth overall ranked quarterback. On to Jameis Winston. We already talked about his amazingness and how he's a god and how I got him right. So I must be a god too or I can see the future. Who knows? But Jameis Winston needs to be owned. He needs to be owned. This is Jameis Winston's schedule coming up. New Orleans this week. Then Carolina. Tennessee, Seattle, Arizona, and New Orleans, and Atlanta. What? That's so sick. That's awesome. That's why I wanted Jameis Winston from the start. His entire schedule for the entire season is so, so easy. Get Jameis Winston in your lineups. Get him starting up against New Orleans Saints. He's going to go off. Just watch. Last one I'm going to talk about is going to be Darrell or Daryl. Hey, Karen. Did you ever figure out whether it was Darrell or Daryl? God, why do I pay you? Sorry about that, guys. Karen just doesn't do anything. She's lazy. I don't even have a coffee yet. But anyways, Daryl or Darrell Williams is still probably going to end up being that secondary back this week. Damian Williams still has not practiced, so the other Williams is going to get the opportunity behind McCoy. Well, anybody that gets an opportunity in the Chiefs offense needs to be considered a viable option. I think you need to own Darrell Williams and play him if you end up having to buy. He's a great, great villain. That's going to wrap it up for this segment of Love Me, Love Me, Love Me. We're going to finish this episode up with Keep Your Eye on the Buy.
I go to keep your eye on the buy, I wanted to actually do a question for somebody that, that wrote in on one of our boards. Yeah, we answer questions for all you guys, so write into Fantasy Football Intervention, we'll answer it for you. It's from Ariel Rodriguez, and the question is, is getting offered Hopkins for Gurley, do I take this? And honestly, I love this. The reality of the situation is for this one is it just depends on your actual lineup. So the lineup consists of having Mac, Fournette, and Eckler at the running back position, and Michael Thomas along with Godwin at the receiver position. And I know that Eckler is going to get replaced by Melvin Gordon to some extent, but I think Eckler still has value. So if you have two wide receivers, two running backs, one flex spot, then you look at, hey, do I want to play Todd Gurley on a regular basis? Do I want to play DeAndre Hopkins? And the funny thing is, is I'm looking in their schedules and they have both very, very easy schedules coming up overall. So then I end up balancing out volume. And so far, we haven't seen much volume from either guy. We did see a turn up from Todd Gurley this past week, so maybe that's a good sign, but it's still not anything reliable. Then I end up balancing out injury risk potential. And injury risk potential is huge here with Todd Gurley. So I say do take that trade and just cross your fingers because we haven't seen consistency out of either one of these guys. I'm hoping that DeAndre Hopkins comes through and is just the healthier option for you on that roster. I would not be mad at Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Godwin all in the same lineup every single week with Marlon Mack and Leonard Fournette as your running backs. I think that's very, very solid. Then when you have bye weeks, Eckler fills in and you're good to go. So take the trade. So with keep your eye on the bye, guys, we're just going to discuss the teams that are on bye this week and what we're looking at uh, as they go through their bye week. We obviously have Detroit and we have Miami this week. And Detroit actually benefits tremendously from this because Hawkinson, the rookie, not only got a concussion trying to hurdle a bunch of defenders, but also ended up hurting his shoulder. There's no timetable set for this, so we need to follow this closely. I think that he's out for more than just a week. He might be two or three weeks, but at least they get that week of rest in for Hawkinson and then kind of reevaluate where they're at after a very, very close game up against the Chiefs. I believe that Matt Stafford is extremely healthy for where he's at right now. He, he did have a little bit of some minor back issues again that were reoccurring, but he gets a week of rest. He should be healthy when he comes back in. And I could see the Lions coming back with a fire in their bellies. They're doing great so far this season. I want to see him keep winning. I'm a huge fan of the Lions this year. When it comes to Miami, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to think. I mean, what, is Josh Rosen going to come back after the bye and be amazing? Is their offensive line just going to you know, explode? No, there's no real fantasy relevance here. The only thing that I could see them coming from the bye week is maybe a uptick up against a weak Washington Redskins defense to where Preston Williams has a huge, huge game. Maybe Devontae Parker does too. We got to see. But... With that being said, guys, that's going to wrap up our episode today. Wahoo, get excited. It was a little bit of a rough one for me today. I'm extremely, extremely exhausted, but I'm glad you guys stuck with me through it. I swear I will do better next week on the Tuesday episode, but I appreciate you guys. You guys can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash fantasy intervention. SoundCloud's the same deal, soundcloud.com slash fantasy intervention. You can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher. Oh, yeah. Get excited for that. Once again, guys, I appreciate you guys for listening. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Hey, it's been a fun, fun ride so far. We're building. We're setting new records every single day. Appreciate you guys for listening. And thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football lives. Hey, my mom, don't
That's how you bang a podcast.